Hello, dog lovers, and welcome to Mutts with Manners Canine Academy podcast, where we'll share dog training tips and educational information to help you raise your pup, young or old, so they can be a loving part of your family and your community for life. I'm your host, Corey McCusker, canine coach, and today I'm thrilled to have back with me Karen Baxter, dog trainer and behavior consultant. Let me tell you a bit about our guest today, Karen. Karen Baxter has loved dogs all her life and feels privileged that she has the ideal job, following her lifelong passion and working with dogs. Beginning her professional career with dogs over 20 years ago, Karen brings an experience and joy to her work that can be felt by each dog and dog owner that she works with, regardless of the size or the breed of the dog. Karen's training philosophy is one size does not fit all. And true to the Unified Canine Different, tailors her training protocols and or treatment plans to the needs of the dogs and the lifestyle and goals of the dog's owner. Her positive fair techniques are designed to bring out enthusiasm in each dog so they learn to love training, which results in building stronger relationships with their humans based on trust. Karen has participated in various training programs over several years, preparing for her career in dog training. She is a certified professional dog trainer, having passed the knowledge assessment examination through the Certification Council for Professional Pet Dog Trainers. She is a graduate of Animal Behavior College Certified Dog Trainers Program. And Karen has also studied and completed training on the practical application of behavior adjustment training for fearful, anxious, and aggressive dogs, and aggressive dog conflict resolution with behaviorist and author Cheryl Smith. Her most recent accomplishments include completing the Master Aggression course with world-renowned behavior consultant and expert on dog aggression, Michael Shikashio. And she is currently completing her dog diploma in canine behaviorology with a specialty in working with aggressive dogs. Karen has also worked with local animal shelters and rescue organizations to assist in the care and rehabilitation of rescued dogs who are usually suffering from trauma and stress-related behavior issues. Her continuing education and experience has ensured Karen has developed expertise in dog psychological issues manifesting themselves as anxiety or aggression. Karen's training specialty includes rally obedience, agility, working dogs tracking, scent work, and puppy foundations. She is a member of the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants, the Agility Association of Canada, and is certified in pet first aid and CPR. Karen lives in York region with her dogs, most of which compete in obedience, agility, and rally obedience. Her dogs have reached master leveled in all sports. Welcome, Karen. Hi, Corey. Nice to be here again. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you back to discuss an important topic, which is really close and dear to my heart, and that is the complexity of rescue dogs. I've rescued dogs most of my adult life, and that is what got me into being a dog trainer. And Karen, you are going today to discuss some key points with us on what you need to think about and do if planning on rescuing a dog. So Karen, how is getting a rescue dog different than getting a dog from a reputable breeder? Uh, Yeah, that's a great place to start, Corey. Uh, I think people need to be able to differentiate between the two scenarios for sure. So a puppy, uh, getting a dog from a breeder is you're getting a puppy usually. 
right? So I decide to pick a breed and I'm, let's say I want a golden retriever. And then I research reputable breeders for golden retrievers. And I get a puppy usually around eight weeks of age and bring them to my home and start from scratch. When you're getting a rescue dog, this is where the complexities come in. This is a dog who has had a previous home of some sort, whether that is somebody else's house or, you know, it comes from a bad situation or for some reason ends up stray, whatever. And you are then rescuing that dog and bringing it into your home to give it a good life. That's basically the difference between the two, Mm -hmm. between a breeder and a rescue dog. Yeah. And I mean, as I said, is I think I've rescued dogs most of my life. And I think we really do need to educate people of what's involved when you're getting a rescue dog. So if, if someone wants to get a rescue dog, what does an owner need to be aware of? Yeah. I, and I think it's important that they're aware of certain things because we definitely want it to be successful, right? I mean, everybody who gets a rescue dog, they're they're getting it with really good intentions and we all need to make sure that these animals are looked after. So the first thing to be aware of, of course, is the history of that dog. And the reason that we want to know what the history of the dog is, as much as we possibly can get a history on the dog, is so that we can have an idea of what background that dog has had. So for instance, is that a rehome situation where something happened in somebody's life and for whatever reason, they can't keep that dog anymore. So they surrender it to a shelter or to a rescue and it's just a displaced dog basically, right? So mm-hmm. this often happens like if people have to move or um, they um, had a baby and the dog and the baby are not driving or mm-hmm. you know, there can be many reasons why a family for some reason just can't keep their dog. Right. So that that would be a rehome situation. Is it a dog that was born free? So is it a free roaming dog that maybe was born in like the woods in Manitoba? Or did they come from one of the islands where they're um, street dogs? Right. They're, Mm -hmm. They're around people, but they're in the street. And there is a difference because one that's born in the woods may not have had as much exposure to people as one that was born in the streets of another country. Right. So being aware of that um, makes a difference because that's going to change the way that what that dog brings into the relationship is going to be different, right? For sure. Mm -hmm. Every scenario has got a different, the dog is going to be different. They're going to act differently, right? Puppies, of course, you know, have less direct learning history. So the younger the dog is, the more impact you can have earlier. Those are the number one things that I can think of that you need to be aware of. Where is that dog coming from? So if it's a dog that's coming from Greece, and that lived on the streets, right? It's going to be mm-hmm. vastly different than the dog that was just surrendered because the family couldn't keep the dog, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to be aware that that dog is going to bring with it a history, a learning history into your relationship. Yeah, that's good. And you know, as I said, I've I've rescued dogs my whole life. So you mentioned the puppy thing, and you mentioned the Manitoba the woods or whatever. So my current dog, Sky, who's two now, but I did get her as a puppy. Um, and I remember I did meet her mother. And I remember when I met her mother, because um, a foster was looking after them, and the mom had such strong prey drive, like, I mean, if there was a squirrel or anything, and that she would just go and I'm like, Oh, you know what, with that this will be different with sky. Sky has strong, uh, very strong prey drive now. So it's it was amazing that it, you know, they they came, they flew here, whatever. But the impact, I, I mean, I'm seeing her mom a lot with her now. And you will, right? Like the mm-hmm. mother dog has such an influence on a dog. 
really people don't really understand that it's not just genetics, right? Mm -hmm. Like we think it's just, oh, the mom's going to contribute 50% of the genetics and the dad will contribute 50% of the genetics. It's actually not really the case because uh, there are other factors that influence the genetics of a dog, including what happened to that mom while Mm -hmm. those puppies were in utero, right? So Mm -hmm. while they're in the mom's womb, any life changing events or anything that happened to the mother is going to have an impact on those puppies genetics, right? And their temperament when they're born. Mom is the first influence. So Mm -hmm. when those puppies are born, they're learning from their mother right away, right? So if mom is got high prey drive and is on alert all the time, those puppies are also going to learn that from their mother, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So whereas the dad's genetics do have an impact, the mother's influence is much greater, much, yeah. much greater. So yeah. yeah, if you ever have the opportunity when you're looking at a dog to find out the history of the mother, that's going to give you a much clearer picture of what you can expect from the puppy mm. <laughs> that you're getting. And and you mentioned the rehome or the street dogs and that too is, I mean, I've seen a lot of, uh, I mean, even one of our trainers, Barbara, just uh, rescued a dog and it was a puppy male, a male. And he's lovely, but you can just see that there's there's work to be done. And so what should an owner do to make an adoption successful? That's a really good question. Uh, first thing they need to do is they need to identify what they need that dog to be able to fit into. So what's their lifestyle like? Are they a really active family? Um, do they have children? Right. Um, Do they want a dog that's going to like lots of walks and hikes or do they want a couch potato? Right. So Mm -hmm. they first have to identify what's the goal. What is it that I want to get a dog for? Right. Once they have that uh, picture in their mind, then when they're looking for the right dog, they can Mm -hmm. start using that checklist in their mind. as like, okay, you know, is this dog got high prey drive just like Sky? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you know, but we're really you know, not that outdoorsy. And we don't really like to do that kind of stuff. So for a dog um, like Skye, she needs a home where somebody's going to want to keep her busy and want to mm-hmm. do things with her. Mm-hmm. Right. But for uh, a house where maybe they have a lot of children and so they're really busy, you know, they just need a really happy-go-lucky dog that's going to be able to handle mm-hmm. the, the chaos of a house with a lot of kids, but be okay to like, just sit at your feet or wait for their turn for before you're going to do something with them, yeah. right? So you really do need to identify what your lifestyle is like first before you can go out and get a dog. That is the best way to do it so you can make sure that they, the adoption is going to be successful, right? So if you pick mm-hmm. a dog that mm-hmm. actually doesn't fit your lifestyle, right, then the intention of providing a good home for a dog is going to become stressful for both parties. So you got to make sure that you have an idea of what you want first. Exactly. You know, I said I rescued many dogs and I did just what you said. You know, I, I have a reputable rescue that, uh, you know, speaking of dogs that I, I support and partner with. And and I knew I also knew what my expectations were and that and it, it did very, it did very depending on my lifestyle. So when I rescued dogs before I my lifestyle was very different. I was in a corporate environment, so I had to make sure the dog could be alone or, or that I could get a dog walker in. Um, now I own the Canine Academy, so my expectations are very different. And uh, I have a very high energy dog that, thank God, I own a Canine Academy. But uh, can you talk about expectations? I mean, you talk about thinking about your needs, but what about the expectations? So that with the owners when they are rescuing, 
it, it's yeah, it's a, that's a great question too. Whenever anybody is getting a dog, when you think about it, we all have expectations of okay, I'm we have this vision in our head of you know I'm going to get this dog, it's going to be great, they're going to be my buddy, we're going to you know do things together, and we just have a vision in our mind of what that's going to look like. And everybody's is going to be slightly different. It's going to be based on your own personality and your own lifestyle. Or, and it also is based on your previous history, usually mm-hmm. with other dogs, right? So you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I remember I had this great dog and we had this great relationship and I want that again. So we're going to get this dog. So just being cognizant of the fact that we do bring our own expectations and biases into the relationship when we first get a dog. Now the dog that you're going to get that's an individual dog. It's going to have its own personality, its own thoughts and feelings and um, temperament and personality, whatever you want to call it. Right. And mm-hmm. that personality may not fit a hundred percent into your own expectations. So just be aware that you're bringing that bias into the relationship so that we can actually treat the dog that is in front of us as an individual and give them the chance to get to know us and us to get to know them mm-hmm. right before we start shaping the way that relationship is going to go. You know? So if we think that, you know, we want a dog that's going to hike a lot and is going to play ball. This is a great one that I get people say, well, I got the dog and you know, I really want the dog to play fetch. Right. And mm-hmm. it's a bulldog or something. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, maybe I know a French. I know a French bulldog that's great at playing pet. But you know, just realizing that I get, you know, I get it that that's an ideal that a lot of people have. That this is a great way to build a relationship with your dog, and it is if that's what Mm -hmm. that dog likes, Mm -hmm. right? Then it is a great relationship builder. But if it's not what your dog likes, that new dog that just came into your home, take some time to get to know what that dog actually does like. And then you can use that as your relationship builder. And it just might be different than what you're expecting. Yeah. And I want to, I want to dig a little deeper in this too, because I mean, you mentioned, you know, uh, figuring out what your needs are and it's like, okay, you know what? I think a golden retriever will be the perfect fit or a poodle will be a perfect fit. There's where your expectations comes in. And I think we all know how rewarding it is to rescue a dog. Well, for those of us that have and the joy they bring. Um, and there are so many dogs that needs home. So when someone decides to rescue and, and you've done your homework, it is such a win-win for both the family and the dog. But I think, uh, Karen, what I want you to touch on is when you do find your new pup and it's time to bring them home, there's some key points that you need to be aware of. So can you touch on some of those? So some of the key points to be aware of are that that dog is a stranger to you and you are a stranger to that dog. And you both have a need. You have the need for a dog and the dog needs a home. And it can be a really rich and rewarding experience, but you need to take your time with it. And you need to set things up so that that dog has a chance to get to know you and you have a chance to get to know them. So the first thing to think about is where is a safe place in your house for that dog to go? So they need a nice, quiet spot that's going to be their spot where they are going to be able to decompress and they can just get used to their new environment and get used to you without a lot of pressure. Right. So Mm -hmm. a nice quiet room or um, if they're crate trained, that's awesome. You want the crate though, to go in a nice quiet room where they're not going to be subjected to all of the daily 
stimuli of our life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is they need quiet space so that they can start to feel secure and feel comfortable. That's definitely one thing. Making sure that we are not putting too much pressure on them in the beginning. We just want to get to know them gently, right? Mm-hmm. We want to take our time, you know, uh, spend time getting to know them, see what they like, what they don't like. Uh, the other thing is we want to make sure we're not overwhelming them mm-hmm. by taking them out into the environment. We all want to show off our new dog. Like that's just natural, right? Like as a human, you know, I got this new dog. I'm very proud of them. I want everybody to meet my new dog. But when you first get a rescue dog home, right, they need time to get to know you. So, mm-hmm. you know, taking them out and introducing them to a ton of new people or taking them to a bunch of strange environments can be really overwhelming to a dog. So we like to keep them quiet at first, let them get to know you and try really hard not to take them to too many new places or introduce them to too many new people right in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Just give them that time that they need to acclimate to the new environment. Yeah, that makes sense. definitely. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, you mentioned that showing off it. Everybody is like excited when there's a new dog in the 100%. family. So it's yeah. like, okay, yes, just give us time. And, you know, um, I mentioned that Barbara got her, her Baxter and she did just, she did give it time. And, and I just was speaking to Diane, my education manager and her son just adopted a dog from the States and that. And she said, Corey, it's like he knew exactly what to do. I said, well, you're his mother. You've gone through all of this. You've worked with rescues, but he is really taking his time. And one of the things that he's doing because he took time off work to be with the dog. So there's where the building, the bond is so key, Um, but he knows he has to go back to work. And so he's doing little short periods of time where he goes out and leaves the dog alone so that it's avoiding that separation anxiety which can sometimes happen when we've got the the rescue. So yeah, so all really great points. And I think both of us know that support is really important when rescuing. So not just talking about family support, um, but we know it's not easy during the adjustment period where the dog's getting comfortable with us, but sometimes you're going to need to get help. And if your rescue settles in nicely, and just need some help with some manners. So getting a trainer, maybe enrolling in some classes once they're settled. Um, we created a foundation skill course for teenage and adult rescue dogs just to help build their confidence and the skills for the owners. And if it's just obedience, and yes, a dog trainer can help. But Karen, we know sometimes I meant I mentioned just about separation anxiety could happen, but there are some behavioral issues that could occur. And and that's where, you know what, there's someone like you that you can call upon and help is needed. So can you just talk about some of the issues that may occur with a rescue? Well, you you touched on the first one. Uh, Most rescues um, that I've worked with do go through a period right in the beginning, in particular, when they start bonding with their people, well, they'll exhibit some separation anxiety, right? So that's really Mm -hmm. normal. Um, if you work through it, it usually um, can, it usually goes away. So mm-hmm. that's the good news about that one. Resource guarding. So resource guarding mm-hmm. for anybody who doesn't know what that is, that's a dog gets uh, grumpy, shall we say, if you go near their food or you go near their stuff, right? They start showing some aggressive tendencies around food or toys or space, right? That's resource guarding. Guarding the home. This mm-hmm. is in particular, you'll see this often with street dogs that have been brought into our urban lifestyle, right? So it's it's a 
it is reminiscent of den behavior because if they're street dogs, you know, they will protect their space where they sleep. So the house becomes their den. And so you can see that with a street dog, what can happen is uh, anytime you have visitors come over, they start guarding the house. And now you all of a sudden you can't have people come in your home. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a really common one Mm -hmm. with the street dogs. Uh, Another super common one. I bet you, you see this a lot too, Corey, leash reactivity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Leash reactivity is a biggie, especially for those free roaming dogs that can be really frustrating for them. So that that's a really big one. And um, stranger danger, right. Is Mm -hmm. another one Mm -hmm. where we've seen dogs that have anxiety or, you know, they um, maybe didn't have enough um, exposure to people initially, mm-hmm. right? So now every new person they see is considered dangerous to the dog. And so they might exhibit some fear-based behaviors or fear-based aggression, right? Those are really common with a lot of the rescue dogs. Now, I don't want that to put people off because you can, no, no. You can work, you can definitely work on those issues and help a dog. It's just part of their transition phase, right? Yes. It's you know going from their previous life to their new life. Right. So there's a lot that people can do to help dogs move past, move through that and move past it so that they no longer exhibit those behaviors anymore. So that's great. And and I know you have some good programs that are coming up. Um, So, Karen, thank you so much for joining us and sharing some of the complexity of rescuing a dog. Uh, For those listening that have rescued a dog, thank you. And for those thinking of it, we hope we've provided you with some valuable information to help you on this journey. Uh, Karen, it's always a pleasure. Can you just talk about maybe some of the the clinics or some of the programs that you may be coming up with or offering? Sure, we'd be happy to. So, uh, you know, I'm co-owner of Unified Canine Behavior Center in Newmarket. So we definitely have some things coming up. We have for people who are thinking about rescuing, we do have a webinar coming up. The date is still to be determined, but it's a webinar on the complexities of rescue dogs. And in that webinar, it will have a plan. So like a sample plan for anybody who's thinking of rescuing a dog on how to introduce that dog into your home and how to help build the bond with the new dog, right? Uh, That'll be included in the rescue dog online uh, program. Uh, So that's coming up. Hopefully that's going to be done in the next few weeks. So uh, you can just watch our website for that, for sure. We also offer behavior consultations at a discounted rate for new, newly rescued dogs. So if you've just rescued a dog and you notice that there's a little bit of a transition issue and you need some assistance with it, we discount the rates for the um, any dog that comes from a rescue. So that's definitely to help you help support you through that transition phase. And of course, we do have clinics on like leash skills, we're going to be having a clinic on reactive dogs uh, in June. And so we do have some other clinics that could help, right? Recall, 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 recall is a biggie. (laughs) It's a biggie. (laughs) It's a biggie, right? So there's anything that can help your relationship. It's recall, right? Because you you want them to come back because you don't want them to be a rescue again. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So always lots going on. We have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. Yeah. And we have our website. So, you know, feel free to like us. Um, you can join our newsletter, our mailing list by going on our website. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And so for more information about Karen and Unified Canine Behavior Center, you can visit her website, which is 
dot unified u-n-i-f-i-e-d-k number nine dot ca uh, we'll provide it in the show notes too and you know you mentioned resource guarding separation and anxiety we've done some previous podcasts together so i'm going to also put those in the show notes so we'll also provide uh speaking of dogs which is one of the rescues and any other ones that we we would uh, recommend So there will be links in the show notes and we want to just thank you for listening to us today. And if you are looking for more information about Mutts with Manners, you can visit our website, which is at www.mutts, spelled with a Z, with manners, spelled with a Z.com. And if you're looking for our podcasts and blogs we've done before, you can look under the link of education. And if there is a topic that you would like to hear about in the future, please email us at info at muttswithmanners.com. But thank you, Karen, so much. Always a pleasure. And thank you for listening today, those listeners. And for those of you that have rescued, thank you again. But if you want a rewarding experience, definitely rescue a dog because there's many of them out there. So thank you, everyone, and have a great day.